The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, 2022 is going to be here before you know it. And with it, a brand new booking season and a brand new chance for you to show yourself your true, authentic self and work with only the best clients for you. So how do we do that? We show up. We get visible. We are running a very, very free 30-day plan to get you and your biz back onto center stage. The challenge runs from October 24th through November 24th and ends just in time for American Thanksgiving, which is a perfect time to end with gratitude. I know that this year, or the last two years, has kicked all of our asses. And so I know you've had your head down working for the last six months at least. You're not alone. Me too. But once you pick your head back up, it's going to be booking season. And I want you to be able to show up in your business. This is not just a challenge about Instagram. This is about showing up and being visible in many, many areas. And so I really, really, really hope you will join me in this challenge. Listen, this challenge is for everyone and also for me, because guess what? Your girl needs the accountability too. So go to reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. That's G-E-T-V-I-S-I-B-L-E reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. We're doing an accountability and strategy workbook. We are doing 30 days of prompts. We are doing Sunday work sessions for four weeks. Ready to get started? Yes, I know you are. It's a win-win. Get involved, get visible, and we will get it done together. reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. Free challenge, y'all. Get into it. Hello, hello, friends. It is I, Renee Dallow, once again, here with you. I mean, where else would I be, you guys? I named it after myself. So I have to show up every week, and I'm so glad that you have as well. This week, I am joined by the very lovely, very fantastic Malika Amandi. Malika, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm so glad to be here. And thank you for pausing before you answered me, because so so often when we ask people, how are you, we get like a great... (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. We let's talk about that today. Oh yes. Let's. Uh, yeah. I'm over here in the middle of a truly bananas uh, wedding season, and my my partner asked me this morning how I was doing, and I answered him by going, "Bleh." Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even have a word. I, there was no word, which is rare for me because I love words. I just answered him with like a guttural sound. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Often, <laughs> if I'm not sure, I'll just say, someone will say, how are you today? And I'll say, it's Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> Which is like a very 
clever way of like, I don't know, and I don't want to talk about it with you, but I don't want to say I'm good if I'm not. But I, I can just say the day of the week. Yeah, I love it because it's very factual. It's like, right. well, there's no disputing it is Wednesday. So great. Well, we are here today to talk about self-care and the power of knowing yourself. And I'm so jazzed about this topic because I'm just tired of self-care just being like, go to a yoga class, take a bubble bath. Yes. And, and not that I don't like those things. I, I do. Me um, too. But somewhere along the line with the pandemic, I feel like it kind of lost its shine yeah. a little. Yeah. Or do you think it was pre-pandemic? Well, I feel like it started to get popular pre-pandemic. Just the notion of self-care, right? And seeing yeah. magazine articles and and this whole kind of commercial industry of special facial products, <laughs> you know, things that we needed to buy became equated with self-care. Yeah. And so I feel like that was that was starting to happen, um, but it's kind of portrayed as this dainty, extra indulgent kind of thing that you can do for yourself when you have time for luxurious ladies who, <laughs> you know. Yes, woman of leisure. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. So I feel like during the pandemic, there was a huge reckoning of like, oh my gosh, the way we're living is not sustainable for anybody yeah. and yeah. our culture does not care about women. We knew this already and yet, but it was like very <sighs> much apparent, right? Where nobody could escape that reality. And, and I say this as a woman who, let's see, I'm, I married, I got married during the pandemic. Congratulations. Thank you. No children. Um, and at, for most of the pandemic, no pets. So it's like, I only really have to take care of myself and, you know, my clients presumably or whatever professional activities I'm doing, but I can only imagine, and I did coach some women through this, but uh, clients who have small kids, yeah. you know, who are working full-time also and taking care of their parents or running a whole household, everything that the pandemic brought up for individuals and then multiplied that on, <laughs> on one person in a household. Um, yeah. It's just bonkers. And then of course, adding in all of the, you know, racial justice reckoning that happened last summer. Of course. Yeah. And that was a huge wake up call for me personally. I'm a African-American woman and that my response to George Floyd was oh my gosh, I need to lie down <laughs> and pamper myself. Like that is not the reaction that a lot of people had. It's funny, yeah. my sister and I had that a similar reaction. My parents responded differently. Everybody, you know, has a different yeah. way of dealing with trauma. But for me, it was like, wow, I need to go deeper into my own self-care because I'm being told everywhere that uh, I don't matter and that my culture doesn't value me. And these, again, these weren't things that were new for me as a Black woman living in America, but the fact that it was, people were starting to check in with me and, you know, it, it yeah. was becoming a thing that I was having to face, whether I wanted to or not. And my response was not to go to a protest. It was to take care of myself more deeply. Um, yeah. I which, deep cleaned my house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I like scrubbed, I literally scrubbed floors that day. And my husband was like, what is happening? I was like, just let me do it. 
just I need somewhere to put this like the bees that are under my skin. I need to do something with it. Right. Um, I want to go back a little bit to something you said earlier, which is that our culture doesn't take care of women well. And the fact that as women, we've always, we've always known this. Now I'm a white woman. So in the grand, in the bigger umbrella of all women, I felt like during the pandemic and I'm like you, we don't have kids. So, you know, we have two dogs and a cat to take care of. That's mm-hmm. it. And clients, of course. Um, it was easier for me in the last 44 years of my life to ignore the fact that I knew it. I know as a true statement that, that our culture doesn't care about women. It was easier for me to ignore it for the last 44 years because that wasn't quote unquote, my experience when a spotlight is shown on it, on it during the pandemic to think, Oh wait, I'm not immune to this. This is not other than me. This is, I am part of this. Right. Just because my circumstances might be different, right? Like uh, I'm in a supportive relationship. I feel like people respect me or, you know, in my professional situations, it doesn't matter. Right. Because inherently as a woman, as a culture, we are, we are not uh, really respected in the way that we should be. And And that was, at least for me, in my own lived experience, that was the point during the pandemic that I was like, okay, I need a nap. Like, it's too heavy now. Yes. And then the George Floyd stuff, which I experienced obviously in a different way because I'm not Black. But still, the the weight of it, right? The, The weight of it is what I remember most about the summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, my practice, my business is the Center for Women's Voice. And my whole kind of ethos is to help women know their worth and live accordingly. And when I started this, it was in 2017. It was around the time of the election, the beginning of the Me Too movement. There were a Mm -hmm. lot of other kind of big things going on that made me realize, wow, we are all connected. And the way I use my voice or don't use my voice impacts the reality for other women, period. And I feel like our standards as a whole need to just rise in terms of the way we are treated. That was (laughs) like my kind of awakening of, you know, getting into my thirties and being like, what the hell, what's, (laughs) why are we treated this way? Yeah. And I think what happened during the pandemic was recognizing like, oh, wow. So we are, we're treated this way, but also the way that I treat myself really matters. And the way I treat myself also has an impact or ripple effect for other women. And that was a huge shift for me in terms of seeing self-care as a revolutionary act, right? That it's not just about me. This is also a part of my advocacy and wanting to change the standards for women. Uh. Yes. I love self-care as a revolution because, I mean, first of all, I can we even change the language there? Because self-care, I, I believe, uh, because I see it in my friends and my students and, and other, you know, wedding planners that I know is when I say self-care, they hear selfish care. Mm-hmm. Yes. But really, it's like essential care, right? Like, yes. it's literally just like essential. Like, I need to wash my face. I, you know, um, lately I've been, um, I got that that sleep tracker, the Aura Ring. Have you heard of this? Oh, no, I haven't. It's, um, yeah, it's like a, it's basically like a piece of jewelry. It's a ring that um, I got on this whole thing about how I wasn't getting any sleep. Uh, and which is true. I, I would like, 
historically be in bed for eight hours, but I would wake up mm. tired every morning. And I was like, something is wrong because I'm in theory getting enough sleep, quote unquote. So I got the aura ring and now it's telling me things like, yeah, you're in bed for eight hours, but you're sleeping for five. So, you know, it, it sleep tracks all that stuff. But so one of the things I'm, you know, counting as self-care is like going to bed at 10 p.m. Yes. Which for me is like, that is very early. I'm like a one, two am -er, generally speaking. I'll stay up and work like literally until I'm falling asleep at the keyboard. So for me, I've, I've been putting that under my self-care. But then the other day I thought, well, sleep is essential. So maybe we should rethink what we're, how we're talking about this to ourselves, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Is it, is it self, yeah, is self-care categorized as like a bonus activity? <laughs> right. Right. Or is it like right. breathing, you know, you just <laughs> right. not optional, right? And not optional. Yes. Do you want to say like, oh, I'm just breathing enough to get by. I'm fine. The amount I breathe is okay. You know, <laughs> like, and that's, you know, there's this great book, uh, Burnout by Emily Nagoski and her twin sister. I can't remember her name now, but this book is really phenomenal. And they talk about this, how much women are conditioned to quote unquote, get by on mm -hmm. sleep in particular, mm -hmm. right? Where we kind of pride ourselves on it. Like, oh, I can get by on just four hours or five hours. Oh, and yep. it's like, no, your quality of life is not good though, but you don't know it because right. you're used to getting by on a certain number of hours. And these are, that's, you know, one factor that contributes to burnout where well, and also like I was just when you said that the first thing I thought of is my mother my entire life very pridefully used to say well I only need four hours of sleep and me as a human person has always needed sleep and has loved sleep like there are stories in my family about like oh you can't get her up and she which always sort of equated to like laziness when I was a yeah. kid right like my mother is productive she only gets four hours she's good to go but Renee needs a lot of sleep Right. Yes. Which is like, like you said, like, okay, well, I just won't breathe as much today. So that's uh, right. I'll, I'll go, I'll get by with less breath today. Uh, no. Right. And I yeah. think about, yeah, like thinking about women like your mother or other women of a certain, you know, of a different generation. Yes. And someone in our generation who, who have burned out or who have depleted themselves or spent themselves for others and the way that may have been glorified at some points in their lives, or there's a sense of joy in, in that. But if we can think about these women and who we know, like, wow, I wish she had spent more time on herself, yeah. or I wish she had the benefit of her own attention more. Mm -hmm. And then we think about ourselves, where we are running businesses or, you know, doing, trying to be women yeah. of impact, doing things. And then thinking about younger women that we know. So for me, I'm always thinking about my nieces. One is she's about to go to college. The other one just started high school. And it's like, what do I want for them when they're in their thirties? Like, yeah, how can they have lives where they know their worth, where they're thriving, where they are getting enough sleep? And what am I modeling? What am I showing them about what it means to be, you know, an adult woman? Like, yes. I'm in between those two generations and the choices that I make to take care of myself matter. You know, the ways that I'm signaling what is normal and appropriate and healthy, like other, there are other people in my sphere that are watching and paying attention and absorbing that. And that's kind of how we all learn, right? What is okay or how, 
yeah, if four hours is enough time to sleep. Well, my mom got by in four hours. So if I don't get by in four hours, there must be something wrong with me. Right. Clearly I'm I'm lazy. Yeah. Exactly. So it's really trying to intentionally be in this generation that is changing the narrative of what it means to to pay attention to yourself and like what we get in life, like what is okay, what is the standard and really challenging that. You know, I, I hate, um, around mother's day, there are these, you know, the Hallmark card commercials or even it's not even card commercials. They're just random brands around mother's day. will put out these commercials where it's like, she's your hero. She's your doctor. She's your (laughs) this. And I just want to be like, fuck that. No, no, (laughs) she she should not be doing all these things. Yeah. And this is not, you know, that, that image of the superhero woman, right? It's like seen as this way of honoring people for what they're doing, but it's really a trap, you know, because it's, you see that reflected back as a young mother or something. And it's like, wow, I've got to, I have to do all these things. This is what's expected of me. So, you know, when I am trying to, fulfill everybody's needs and I'm depleted because of it. Like I'm, I'm just barely hitting the mark, you know? And it's all just feels like this big circle, right? Like we have this idea that we have to be super women. Therefore we deplete ourselves and we don't take time for self-care because that's selfish. And we, there's this narrative that women are supposed to be selfless and, and I, I hate it because I don't ever want to be selfless. I like myself. I like to have more of myself. Thank right. you. So again, I think this is easier for me to say because we don't have kids, but, but I hear from, you know, our friends that do have kids. Like, so one of the rituals that I have for myself um, is that I get a monthly facial, right? It's part of my, like, it's like part of my upkeep, Yes, <laughs> you know? And one of my husband's friends, um, who is, uh, she's an entrepreneur herself. She's in the beauty space. She's in the beauty space, by the way. So it's funny that she said this was like, oh, look at you fancy getting a facial every month. And my answer was like, well, I only have this one face. So yes, <laughs> but then I, but then later I was thinking about it and I, cause I, you know, it made me feel a certain way to have that, even, even though it was jokey, right. That sort of judgment put on yeah. me that like, oh, like, oh, it must be nice. And I'm like, well, it is nice, but also I work very hard. Like, I feel like I have to defend right. this, this like, you know, $95 investment in my face every month. <laughs> so I, I kind of wish, and the reason I bring it up is because I wish that as women, we can all support this, uh, this language of like that interaction in a perfect world would have gone like, oh, you get a facial every month. Where do you go? I'd like to do that too. Or good right. for you. End right. of story. Right. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that dynamic you're describing is like so deeply conditioned, right? To be skeptical or mocking or whatever of something that another woman is doing that seems like it's extra or an indulgence or, oh, aren't you high maintenance, you know? And the thing thing, though, I am high maintenance. I'm fine with it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. I say that about myself too. And it's like, I had one mentor who would say, you know, she was a Ferrari, not a Honda Civic, right? That's right. And it's like, yeah, I am a high performance person (laughs) doing, you know, it's true. 
you know, speaking into other people's lives, doing yeah. impactful things that takes a lot to sustain. And I'm willing, I'm up for it. You know? Yes. I love, I'm going to steal that and use that so often because that's the thing. I mean, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a human woman in the world, I have a lot going on. I need this much maintenance. And, and the idea of like low maintenance women versus high maintenance women was given to us by men. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, you want a low maintenance woman woman you want someone with low standards for herself right. I suppose. and it's yeah doesn't ask a lot of you okay yes. well i don't want to be that so thanks exactly and you have to think and wonder like well what is the benefit if i so if i'm getting a facial once a month and when i get that facial i feel i feel good physically i feel good emotionally i know that i am taking care of my skin i am spending time and money on you know this yeah one precious face that i have <laughs> like what is the alternative if i'm not doing those things if i don't feel beautiful if i'm not investing in myself if i'm not if i don't have enough time to you know book this hour appointment like what does that mean about myself and what is the world that we're living in like what does that mean for yeah. women who where that's not encouraged you know and and it's like wow it comes down to I think it it comes down to power and like it's dangerous. You're dangerous if you if you feel good about yourself. Like because you'll you'll yep. start questioning other things. You'll you'll feel capable. You'll you won't settle for somebody, you know, treating you terribly. And it's like mm -hmm. that's when it it really I think thinking about the alternative, like, well, what happens if I don't do this? That is what kind of sparks me of like, okay, it is worth it. And like there there are other subversive kind of agendas at play, not to sound like a conspiracy yes. theorist, right? No, 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 but you're right. And and I also think too, like, just to yes end everything you're saying, of course, but then this other layer for me, especially just that that example of the facial, right, is that I, I decided or I determined really, I figured out and sat with myself and figured out, you know, what actually gets me to a place where I feel like renewed, right? And and yes. I am such an extrovert and I talk all the time and my job is very client facing, you know, very public facing is that what I really need is to sit in a dark room sometimes, right? And when I'm getting a facial, I can't be checking email on my phone, right. looking at Instagram. You can't, right? right? It's the same thing. Um, I don't know if, if you live in a place where you have Korean spas, but- Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm obsessed with the Korean spa. <laughs> I know you have to be, everyone's like, oh, you're naked. I'm like, so what? Everyone else part. is too. <laughs> But every Korean spa has like the sleeping room where you go in and you sleep in a room and it's blissful and it's pitch black. And sometimes that's what I need. If I were the kind of person who decided, you know, for self-care, what I needed to do was hike a mountain, then I'd go hike a mountain. Right. Yeah. But for me, it's, it's that protecting my own peace means going, getting quiet and getting still and maybe kind of forcing myself to check out for a minute. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And there's, this poem by uh, Cleo Wade that I refer to a lot in this self-care conversation, but she has a line that's basically like, your peace belongs to you and you alone. Mm -hmm. Only you can give it to yourself and only you can take it away. And it's just like, yes, when you know <sighs> yeah. what brings you peace, like pursue that. And it's up to you to do it. Nobody's going to carve it out for you. And I think that's, a part of this, you know, why I feel passionately about this. It's so important to know yourself, 
to be self-aware, to know what are the things that restore you and give you life and healing. And then you are responsible for giving those things to yourself. Nobody if, else is. What if someone listening to us, because we both just said, you have to know yourself. What if someone listening is like, yeah, but I don't know what does that for me. Like, where do you start with that awareness? I think that you have to be a scientist in your own life. <laughs> you know, it's like yes. a researcher, like, well, paying attention. Even that first, you know, question when we, when we signed on, right? When somebody asks you, how are you? Really thinking about it and paying attention. How am I? And maybe you're not doing this in a, you know, casual interaction with somebody at the grocery store, but asking yourself real questions and having the patience to give yourself real answers, you know, and that can come in the form of um, journaling, if that's your thing. Mm -hmm. It can also just be in the form of quiet and stillness where you really check in with yourself to say, how am I doing? And, and, and observing and noticing. And that, I think the discipline of that question every day or every week, really kind of checking in over time, you're going to be able to, <laughs> to hear yourself, to listen to yourself. But I think often we're just not we're out of practice because it's not encouraged, right? We don't have a lot of spaces in our lives as we develop into adults where we're being told or encouraged to listen to yourself or yeah. to spend time with your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So that's okay, but it does take, it takes time, you know, just like anything, it's a, something that you can learn. Yeah, I like the idea of the weekly check-in, even if you don't, even if you're not a journaler. I mean, I'm a, I'm a journaler, like a daily get it out. I need to get my thoughts out on paper. Otherwise I'll go insane. But even just like on Sundays, looking back on your week and thinking like, or writing out, like, when did I feel peaceful this week? Or when yes. did I feel satisfied this week? Because I think sometimes, at least for me, when I was sort of diving into this whole, you know, arena, because I really did used to think that self-care was indulgent and selfish and bubble baths and, you know, all the BS that the, that the, the rest of the world wants to sell us as self-care. I had to come up with different words for like what I was needing. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes it is just satisfied. Right. Sometimes it is just like neutral. Like sometimes the best I can hope for if, if the world is spinning around is just neutral, like yeah. not great, not awful, but just, you know, fine. I don't, I don't love the word fine, but just for lack of a better word, like just the status quo, like yeah, sometimes yeah. that's all you can get, you know? Yes. And I love that awareness because I think that's also, that can be a myth that, can trap us is feeling like we need to feel happy all of the time or <laughs> right. So, you know, high on life. Right. And so right. either we fake it and say, yeah, I'm amazing. <laughs> or we, you know, we just feel like, Oh, it's, that's totally unattainable. I'm just not that kind of person. And so we settle for something like way lower and it's like, no, there's, you know, degrees of everything. Mm -hmm. And to be neutral is, is also acceptable, right? Even to be feeling low, that's acceptable. Like it's all yeah. within the range of your humanity. And it's important to know that you can move through those things. You know, if you're feeling low, that it's not going to last forever, you know, that you're, yes, things will probably shift as you give them your attention, right? Right. And also, if you don't give it the attention, right, if you are feeling low, and you're like a push through, and, and even you know, I don't love this phrase, but like the toxic positivity of like, no, 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 I'm fine. Shake it off, shake it off. Right. Then I feel like that for me, at least that's when the, that's when the low points stay around longer. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm, 
I'm like forcing myself out of it. Like I remember last July and there, you know, I think it was just the culmination of everything that was happening in the world. Right. June was like, for me was about like awareness and learning and, and just like being honest with myself and, and the world and, you know, all the things. And then July, like couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Literally just didn't want to get out of bed. And, um, and that's fairly unusual for me. I don't, normally it doesn't manifest that way in me, but I just had to say like, well, this is what it is today. Yeah. Right. And I didn't have any uh, active weddings because of the pandemic. So I was able to say like, okay, what's the worst that can happen if I just need to stay in bed today? And, you know, the outcome then was like, well, nothing's going to happen. Like I'm still going to get up and feed the dogs. I'm still going to, you know, I'm not going to shower today, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to perish if I spend one day in bed or two days. Right. Yeah. Probably more like a week. But I had to give myself that. And that was hard for me because I'm an Enneagram 3 super type A pain in the ass. Um, But ultimately, I think I'm better for it because I didn't force myself out of it is my point. Yes. And I love that that flexibility that you're showing yourself, right? It's like you are treating yourself like a real person who has (laughs) ups and downs and is different from week to week, right? And we often don't give ourselves that the same kind of compassion that we would give to another living being or to our, you know, animal pet. Yeah. Right. And I yes. think especially as women, right. Even our biology, we are not the same woman every day of the month. Like that's a scientific <laughs> fact, right. Just yes. based on your horm- hormones that your cycle changes what's going on in your body. And that is not something that we really recognizes a culture that's you know if you get into like eastern medicine or kind of different more holistic practices they'll talk about that um there's this phrase of like a woman has four bodies <laughs> you know which is like oh that's so true but we never yeah. you know i didn't even know what the different phases of my cycle were until like very recently you know where i'm like oh this happens at this time and that that, impa- that impacts your energy right necessarily yes. And yet we are expected to be like linear machines that are just kind of going through having the same output every day, Monday through Friday. And that's, it's just not reality. Right. Or, or we have this judgment on the times that we are, you know, menstruating or whatever to say like, okay, that that's my bad time right. of the month. Right? right. That's my bad time. And what's interesting for my own life and like, get ready guys, I'm going to talk about menopause. Um, if there's any men listening, whatever, deal with it. Um, is that now I'm in perimenopause. So my cycle is completely erratic. And so I'll go several months without a cycle. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, bam. All right. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> and, and it, that's just the reality of things now. So um, it's interesting to see it's, in, you know, in cl- it's very clear to me now how different I am when I have a cycle and when I have months without. Right. Yeah. And that's a whole other new phase of life that I'm, that I'm, you know, walking into. Uh, and that's another, another thing that we don't talk about as women, um, especially like my own family, I had to go like do investigation because I'm fairly, uh, I mean, quote unquote young to be going through this. Mm. And my doctor just kept saying like, well, what about your family? And I was like, I don't know. These women <laughs> we don't talk, about, talk things. about this. Exactly. I mean, just the word, perimenopause I only learned in the last like three years yeah and I'm a woman in my 30s right I'm 38 yeah you're getting you're getting, you're getting to it no <laughs> I'm like am I 38 or 37 I can't remember well we all lost a year here's what I think 
I am I am not claiming my pandemic year. So <laughs> technically I'm still 44 because I did not use that year. So I'm not exactly. taking it. Yes. I'm not taking it. Yeah. Yes. But we don't talk about these things, right? No. And I I mean, I've known about like Viagra since I was 10. Why? I have right? no idea. <laughs> You but know what? I thank you for saying that because I did not even think about that. We all we're all like whispering about menopause, but right. screaming about Viagra. But that speaks to this idea also of just you will change over time. We all change, yes. and what what makes us feel peaceful or restored or restful rested like that's also going to change, right? So yeah, you know the way we tend to ourselves is not a set it and forget it thing. We really do need to be responsive and aware. Is this thing working? Is this not working? I think that also happened in the pandemic. Like a lot of our routines and habits and things that were going well, were just disrupted. And so what could be a normal kind of stabilizing routine of like, oh, I go out, I get my coffee, I do this. I, you know, sit in a coffee shop, a journal, whatever, like, the things that I used to be able to do to make me feel baseline, like in touch with myself, changed, right? Things yeah. were taken away. And so we have to adapt and figure out new things. And not just from the practical standpoint of the lockdown, but also the traumatic reality of being in a pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. it tends to a, color things. A pandemic without end, seemingly. <laughs> right. Like we are still in it. Um, a lot of my listeners are wedding pros, as you know. Yes. And right now, I can guarantee that more than half my listeners are experiencing some level of burnout because the uh, what, what's being asked of us right now by our clients is uh, a little un untenable, right? Like we're, at least for me right now, I have all these clients who had to postpone last year. Their weddings are finally coming to fruition and we have new couples and we have new new couples and like even today, I had I had literally no exaggeration five consult calls for new clients today, wow. and and that's insane. That's way more than usual. Um, and so we, I'm guessing that if we're not burnt out yet, we will get there. And so, what are some practical ways? I know we talked about journaling, but aside from that, if someone's very opposed to journaling, like how do we stay connected to ourselves to even know what it is we need? That's an excellent question, and I think. Again, it's going to be about experimenting for yourself, like yeah. what works. Um, I think for me, another structure that is so helpful is just having some accountability. So if, mm. you know, journaling is like a solo activity, right? Where it's you and your pen and your paper. If that doesn't work for you or you just have a blank page and you're like, I can't even write or whatever, try bringing in somebody else, a trusted friend. You know, I have... Uh, accountability partner. I have several, actually. This goes into the, the high maintenance and proud category. <laughs> <laughs> there are many people Love it. helping me live my best life. But one of them is um, a weekly accountability partner. So we check in with each other every Monday for 30 minutes. We have like a little structure that we talk through that's basically like five wins from the week before, what's something you learned about yourself, kind of what is something your inner critic is saying <laughs> that you want to, you know, share, what's a deeper wisdom piece, and then kind of what's your mantra for the week coming up. Love it. It's so helpful to have a sounding board on on this 
aspect of life, right? Like, how am I, how do I feel about myself in the world, myself and my business? Mm -hmm. And there's no pressure, right? There's no consequence. There's no performance. It's very <laughs> just like a, a habit, a thing we check in about. And it, and it's helpful to have one other person in the world who is, tuned in, you know, and it's like, yes. that can't be my husband, you know, right? <laughs> obviously we connect every day, but not on that level, like, or, or, you know, you know what I mean? There's no, I know can't my husband be my loves everything. me. Yeah, no, my husband loves me, but like, I, I know that there are, um, there's a limit to the amount of like reflection, right? He, he has the, he doesn't have as like, I have an endless well of like, I will talk to you about your shit for seven hours, as long as we have wine and cheese, like I'm in, there is a, there is a point in which I see his eyes kind of glaze over in a kind way where I'm like, and I think he's done. Okay. (laughs) You know, and that's okay. Because I think again, this again, back to the self-care and the selfless and all this stuff is that like, we can't just have one person that is our person. Like we have many, we have many, what does they say in sex in the city? If she has many loves of her life. Yes. Yes. So I think having another person on the outside I mean, in that accountability relationship, it's reciprocal. So I share for 15 minutes, my friend shares for 15 minutes, but I have other spaces. You know, I go to therapy twice a month, Mm -hmm. like for the last six years, like no matter what, Yep. that is a space where I show up and the time is just for me, you know? Yeah. I think for people, you know, for coaches or wedding planners, like, when you were in a, a role where your job is showing up for somebody else and giving them all of the space, you've got to have other places in your life where you can experience that too. We talk about therapy a lot on the show because I'm a huge um, you know, supporter of therapy. I'm in therapy. I think sometimes people, um, I just want to always remind when we talk about therapy that it's not just for traumatic events, right? Like you don't have to go to therapy to unpack a tremendous amount of trauma. Of course you can. Right. You can also go the route of like a life coach if you want someone to talk to you and you don't think therapy is right for you. Like there are many avenues to have someone that is in your corner that will, um, you know, help you deal with your everyday. And it's powerful. And I do think, and I say this a lot on the show. And so if you're a longtime listener, you're going to roll your eyes at me. If you are in a position of leadership, which by the way, you all are, you need to have someone else to talk to. You need to be in therapy or have a coach, 100%. Absolutely. Coaches need to be coached. End of story. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I I couldn't agree more. And I think you will start to resent the people you're kind of taking care of or serving if you do not have that being reflected back to you somewhere in your life, you know? Yes. And that's a great point because if someone right now is feeling that way, right? Because there are a lot of demands being put on us by our clients right now that like, Think about who who do you have to talk to about this stuff? Yeah. Right. If you don't have anyone and you're not journaling, then that is all just living in your in your under your skin and that's not healthy for you. Yeah. 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 There's so many things that it helps. Like I I, can't, I have to say this. Even if like my my brand of self-care is going to be different than yours, Malika, it's going to be different than my friend Holly's. It's going to be it's going to be different for everyone. But when I made the commitment to myself, and this only started maybe last October Mm -hmm. to really like look at my life, look at my, my schedule because I wasn't going anywhere because I was here all the time. Right. And say like, what is it going to take for me to enjoy these days? Right. Like what, what do I need? Right. And, and just to give you, you know, everyone listening, like maybe some food for thought here. It's like what I need 
is a quiet morning where no one talks to me and there's no music and there's just silence. Like I just need to wake up quietly. Yeah. Then I make my plan for the day, which is something I do with my life coach slash weight loss coach, where I write down what I'm going to eat every day. Uh, I journal, I do probably a five or 10 minute meditation. And then I get up and I have my coffee and I go about the day, but I need that sort of soft launch in the morning yeah. to get myself going. If, if my, if I have to wake up with an alarm and run out of bed, I, I am like not great all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and that's, you know, that seems like a, like a you know miracle morning or whatever they want to call it, but that is self-care you guys. Like just figuring out what you need to set yourself up for success is self-care. Yes, absolutely. And I think, it's good to know, like you have the elements of that, you know, like some quiet in the morning, right? Yeah. Some yeah. touch point with your planner. And I think for, for some of us, we might hone in on, okay, what is the ideal morning routine? And then if we can't do that, or if we wake up late or something, it's like everything is thrown off and it's just like, forget it. The day is horrible. And I think it's good to know like, okay, well, what are, what's the smallest version of that silence in the morning that I can get if I can't yes. have the, you know, full hour, two hours. And I think particularly with women who have kids or yes. men who have kids, right. <laughs> that are unpredictable. <laughs> like they have yes. their demands. <laughs> They're not always going to respect of your course. morning boundaries, but it's like, well, what's the smallest version of that? Maybe it's, I shut the door to the bathroom and set a timer for five minutes and sit on the yes. <laughs> sit on the floor with the lights off, right? Well, you know what's interesting too, though, is that and maybe, I don't know if you do this, this is my question for you, is that like, when I think about the things I need, I tend to overestimate how much time it's going to take and therefore don't do it, right? So this yes. is like, back when I was like developing this morning routine, I'd be like, well, I can't make a plan every day. It's going to take me like half an hour. I timed myself once. It took me four and a half minutes. So I was like, oh, what kind of BS excuse is this? Like I was talking myself out of things that I thought would be helpful because I didn't have the time. Right. Right. Because time is this huge thing, right? We never have enough time. But then when I got real with myself, I was like, I am throwing away this ritual that will help me for four minutes. Yeah. Which yeah. you know what I'm going to, I'm just going to scroll Instagram for four minutes. Like I'm not going to do anything productive with that four minutes. So, so yes, I totally, I'm not, this is not negating what you said, like moms and dads, like you have a different, I get it, but locking yourself in the bathroom for five minutes with your journal and writing while you listen to one song on your earbuds that you have time for. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that counts too, you know? Yeah. That matters. All counts. Yes. I think even with, you know, with journaling, I have my like, and sometimes I don't feel like writing a lot of pages, you know, sometimes right. it, it is like, <laughs> good morning. Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, and actually it's funny. I, this just reminds me, I have this other kind of practice I do where, so I, you know, people journal to themselves or to, I kind of write to God, this bigger, whatever. I don't have a specific tradition, but that's like, who, who, who hears my journal when I'm writing and I set up a text message, like a, a Twitter, a private Twitter account that is God. <laughs> and I set up like, um, a contact in my phone so I can send a text message to God. What? And it's that's just amazing. goes to this, whatever private Twitter account. But that's what I do when I don't have a lot of time. Like I'll, I'll send a text to God and that's like my checking in. And it's that's amazing. I love that so much. 
it's so it's helpful. It's not something I do all the time, but it's like having many avenues to achieve that same thing, right? Which is yes. like a way to check in. And I think that, and this is what, you know, the power of journaling or an accountability partner or something, or even a therapy space. It's like, it is very powerful to have some kind of witness energy where somebody yes. is watching you or listening to you, even if that person is imaginary, that yes. in our psyche, that lands as being heard, as being known, as being seen. And that's really powerful because there are so many other ways in our culture where we are not known or seen or heard, right? So where we have control to give that to ourselves, it's so important that we do experience that sense of connection and belonging. I would like to give the listeners a tiny bit of homework. Ooh, I know. I almost never give homework, but I'm going to give it now because I know that it's really easy to listen to us talk about this and, and have one of the following thoughts. Well, it must be nice for them because they don't have kids right? That's one. Or two, I don't have the money to get a facial every month, Renee. Good for you, right? Or three, that all sounds good. Maybe I'll try it in November right? <laughs> or December or January, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, you're going to pick a time in the, in the, you know, in the future that's like distant enough that by the time it comes, you'll have forgotten about it. What I'm going to ask you to do is just make one commitment to yourself that you will do tomorrow morning, now, listen, that could be schedule that doctor's appointment that you've been putting off. Yeah. That could be do a five minute meditation. You can find them all over the internet. You know, that might be picking up that book you bought six months ago and you haven't read, right? What else could it be? Let's see. I liked listening to a song that you love. Oh, that's a good one. It could be oh, texting somebody that you haven't connected to in a long time that you really... Yes want, you know, somebody, an old friend, somebody that you really like, but it's like, oh, it would take so much work to send them a text. We haven't talked in so long, you know, that kind of narrative. Yeah. We can it's like really... a day brightener text, like a hey, yes. I'm thinking about you. Love you. Yes. We can yes. talk ourselves out of connection so easily. So just making the choice to follow through. Yeah. I love that. It could be like lighting a candle that you that's been sitting at your house so long that the top is dusty. <laughs> don't pretend you don't have them. I know you do. We all do, right? It doesn't have to change the world. You know, you don't have to have this monumental life-changing shift where you're redoing your whole life. But I want you to commit to doing one new thing for your self-care tomorrow morning. And then I want you to DM me at talk with Renee Dallow and tell me what it is because we're here for all of it. But the reason I wanted Malika to come on and talk about this self-care is that, you know, we go on the, we go on Instagram and we see the beautifully, you know, curated feeds and, 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 you know, all the like stock photos of like woman in bathtub drinking wine mm-hmm. and like, yeah, maybe that is self-care for you, but maybe self-care is putting yourself to bed at 10 PM and like showering every day. Yes. And that's good too. Yes. Yes. Only you know what what works for you. And it doesn't have to be Instagram sexy. It just has to work. Right. Good assignment. <laughs> I very rarely give you all homework, but this <laughs> is important to me. So you're doing it. Uh, Malika, where can everyone find you on the internet? Talk about the Center for Women's Voice, please. So you can find me online at centerforwomensvoice.com. That's also my Instagram where I am most of the time. I do one-on-one coaching. 
I also do group workshops. If you have a community or like professional group that could get into this <laughs> self-care as well as self-worth, um, kind of dealing with conflict, anything around being a woman and using your voice in the real life and in your real career, uh, I am here for it. I also do a quarterly guided reflection event. Uh, yes, which is very tied into this topic. It's called Ritual, Release, and Renew. And I created this as a form of accountability for myself and in response to so many of my clients who were saying, yes, it's so hard to go. It's so hard for me to check in with myself. I go months and months and months and I don't know how I'm doing and I burn out. So this is really a space to to check in in a structured way. So if you are someone who finds it hard to journal, just how am I, right? You staring at a blank page. It's a 90 minute experience with kind of prompts. There's a playlist. It's a way of really looking at the past several months and noticing what went well, what was hard, what am I learning? And then what do I want for the next several months? Oh, so it's right up my alley. I'm going to put, we're going to put the link to that in the show notes. You all yes. better sign up for it. Don't yes. tell me that you don't need it because I know that you do. Yes, you do need it. <laughs> and it's, it's very affordable and there's a pay what you can option. If you really are struggling, it's so important to me that this is available as an ongoing practice. So I hope you'll check it out. Malika, thank you so much. This has been tremendous and I appreciate your wisdom and your time. And just thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the platform and for just allowing me to connect with your community. It's a real <laughs> privilege. I, I love it. And I appreciate you so much. Uh, listeners, thank you for spending this time with us. You know what I always say is that I know your time is valuable. You can't get it back. And so I thank you for sharing it with us. We will be back here next week. Same time, same place. See you then. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.